I'll say about that. All right. So I'm in Alaska and this guy comes up to me and he's hesitant, but he's like, so I got to tell you, but we didn't tell anybody for a long time. We just started talking about it. I'm like, okay, lay it on me, dude. What is it? He's like, me and my wife saw Bigfoot. I was like, fuck yeah, you did. And and what they were doing is they were flying over. <laughs> They're flying over the trees out there. And, tal- and, and it was just east of where we were in Talkeetna there. I love how you preface this story. It's like you just busted into the room and you're like, I got a Bigfoot story. Then you hit record. And I was like, what's going on? <laughs> so the dude's flying his plane and they're flying low. And he sees and he's like, oh, check out that bear. How big it is. So him and his wife circle back around. And they're like, oh, shit. It ain't a bear because now they see it dashing. They're in Alaska? They're in Alaska. So it's not a Kodiak? No. Okay. So what they did is they thought it was and he thought it was a big one. And he figures, well, I can go slay they me a can, bear. They can get pretty big up there. Yeah, they can. Yeah. He's all about it. They know bears, man, because this guy's a slayer, too, and his wife has slayed him the whole thing. They all slay bears up there. Oh, yeah. That's a national pastime. So he's telling me, he's like, we saw it, and I'm thinking, I can get me a nice big bear. So he comes back around, except now the thing's running for the tree line, except it's running, standing up, and it's got long arms. Oh, dude. And they were like, oh, shit, did we just see what we thought we saw? Bigfoot. And they totally like saw Bigfoot up, which those guys in Alaska see Bigfoot all the time because it's like, where else would you want to be if you were Bigfoot but in Alaska with the rest of the dinosaurs that are up there? But those guys, they, they these guys, I don't think I've ever met one who's lived up there for any time who hasn't killed bears. Mm-hmm. They kill bears like crazy yeah it's going out of style yeah yeah they're whacking them wholesale man (laughs) yes (laughs) Yes. so gordon and those guys you know gordo but um those dudes but he totally saw the bigfoot he said he saw the long arms the whole thing and he says it's it's he says when you see it like that it's completely in focus yes it was in focus but it's completely (laughs) recognizable versus what a bear looks like right it's a humanoid figure yes and it's just similar, but they all kind of say it's grungier. Like bears are more kind mm-hmm. of like the yeah. sheen they're on unkempt. A, yes, the Bigfoots are unkempt. Yeah. That they're they're bad. So you're listening to Frank from Sniper's High and Mike from Mile High Shooting. Tell us your Bigfoot story if you have one, because I know you do. Every state's got a Bigfoot. And this is the everyday sniper. <laughs> Actually, I do have a Bigfoot story. Do you? I do. Okay. Um, it. It didn't happen to me, but I kind of got caught in the middle of it. And maybe I told this story, but it, it's falling along the lines of Bigfoot. So it was like six, seven years ago. I used to own my own company called 13 Zulu. Mm-hmm. And we made holsters and did Duracoat and stuff like that. This was when Kydex was like before it got really popular, like Raven right Concealment. Right on the edge of it. Yeah. yeah, Raven Concealment had just exploded overnight because the whole Magpul thing. And then it was just like I started making like knife sheets for some dudes up in Guernsey because they were carrying around big knives, bat- rattlesnakes and shit mm-hmm. like that, dude. So I started making Kydex uh, holsters with my friend Casey. And uh, it, it was going really well. And I would, you know, if not mail the holster to you, I'd bring it to you. So my schedule was two weeks on in Guernsey, one week off at home. Okay. So that one week off, I'm just out in the garage making Kydex and everything. There's a guy that heard about us from, he was in, uh, what is that? Um, that army base down south in the Springs. What is it? Uh, Carson. Carson. So he's at Carson 
and he's like, I want this specific holster for this specific gun and then some tomahawk holster for some stuff. So we got all of his stuff and then I actually drove it down to him. Mm -hmm. So I met him in the parking lot of Carson because I don't know my way around Carson. I was just like, meet me at the front gate. Right. So we stopped in the parking lot and I was talking to him. And he has a, uh, at the time, it was a brand new Jeep Wrangler. It was like the the unlimited with the four-door, you know, mm-hmm. like tricked up, got the lift kit on it. Like Rubicon out. Yeah, Rubicon. So he's got a sticker, and it says Bigfoot Research Team mm-hmm. on the window. Joe Cali, man, the grunt style guy. So I looked down at it, and I and I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. You know, I get it. You're you're looking for Bigfoot on the Jeep trails, right? So right. So I'm, like, I'm thinking he's more of a Jeep guy than anything. And I was like, dude, I think that's a pretty funny sticker, man. You tell your wife you're going out looking for Bigfoot. He's like, he's like, uh, <laughs> Frank's telling me to speak up. <laughs> he's talking he's, quiet. I know. It's like, I'm trying to draw you in. So he's like, you're getting closer uh, I'm not to telling the my this... wife that I'm going out looking for Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. She's coming with me and we're both looking for Bigfoot. And he was dead straight faced. Hell yeah. I was like, Dude, what am I getting myself into? I don't want to turn this gun back over this guy. <laughs> you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on? But he was totally serious. He told me about the family of Bigfoot down at Pikes Peak. And he and he's like, he was, watch the news in the next two, three years. There's going to be Bigfoot families everywhere and they're breeding. And they're smarter, smarter than, you know, humans. They're mm-hmm. smarter than human beings. Right, because they got animal instinct. Yeah, I was like, I pulled out my cell phone. And I was like, I think we're smarter than Bigfoot, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So that's my Bigfoot story. Oh man, it well, wasn't it wasn't great. But b- there's actually good Bigfoot video from Colorado here. Was it the Yellowfin or Yellow something Bigfoot? The Yellow. It's I don't know. There's a big Bigfoot community here. Yeah, they. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's. <laughs> so it's said. <laughs> I haven't seen it on Nine News yet. You know. I have. Oh, you have. Yeah. Yeah. Just you're like with the remember you know with, I don't have TV, so you're calling they, my bluff. Yes. <laughs> remember with the drone when Nine News saw the drone over Denver, and they're like, "What is this UFO?" That kept thing they were trying to catch the UFO. And they brought the drone over and they put the thing up, and they saw the UFO. So, Nine News. It was on the news. UFOs. Google it. Google it. Google news. it. Anyways, so, coming back into it, we just came off of a wind episode, right? Big wind. Big wind. So hopefully, you guys have gone out and at least tried some of it or had a day or two. I'm sure this. For what was only moments for us, may have been days for you. So hopefully it was over a weekend that you guys uh, went out and did this. And I know some of you guys are still catching up. So And you can't listen to every single episode as we're putting them out. And I get that. And that's fine. Um, but what we want to do now is get into the the guts of a Kestrel. So all those 5,700 elites with applied ballistics, we both Frank and I have a Kestrel in front of us. We got them on us, man. We got, we're right here. I'm we got turning them mine go. on. So we got the Kestrel with Link 5700 Elite with Applied Ballistics. And we got our hands on kind of a little training slide. And we want to go over it with you and give you guys information on setup of this particular item. Because there's a lot of confusion out there. Yeah, we're gonna, we have Kestrel's PowerPoint. That's the train the trainer, instructor level, whatever you want to call it, presentation for the Kestrel. We are going to give you and go through the slides. I got it here and up in front of us on the computer. So we're going to give you the Kestrel and, and, and go through the slides with you in this episode. You're getting a free Kestrel lesson from Mike and Frank. And this is going to be interactive. So at any point during this episode, pause it, get to where we're at, go back, rewind, do what you have to do. But this is going to be interactive. So this is us 
actually going through the Kestrel, going through the slide and going, okay, this is what we're doing next. So you don't have to lie to it as much. Right. Right. We want you to true it up better. We want you to get in better shape because there's a lot of nuance in here that a lot of us kind of go back and I'm guilty of it too. I just kind of breeze through and I know this and I'll knock it out. And it's like, yeah, I just need this. I just need that. Yeah. So when you hand us your Kestrel and we just start pushing buttons. Yeah. We're just, we're going back through these interfaces and going, okay, why does it say this? This doesn't make sense. This needs to be turned off yeah. and we'll turn this Add on. this, do that up here, down there. And so we're going to go explain it to you, what we're looking at and what we're doing based off of Kestrel's own information. Because it's nice that Kestrel now took this all in-house and they're making it. So it's intro to Kestrel, which we'll blow by, identify the components, calibrate yeah. the compass. Basic nomenclature. Right. Build the reference gun, identify and change drag curve models, identify steps to true the weapon, transonic range, identify steps to true the weapon and subsonic, and that's the drop scale. Identify how to obtain wind velocity and direction, identify, update the environmental, and then connect it to a link. So we'll go through a lot of this. And we'll let you know what Kestrel's saying you should do. Now, they're saying that 1996 is when Kestrel launched. 2000s when they did the night vision version for the... Um, that's for the Air Force guys. The, I have that, that patch, actually. Mm -hmm. The uh, Special Operations Weather Team. Yeah. So that's the, combat weather. the SWAT, the combat weather guys. So in 2000, they launched that version for them. Then 2008 is when they went to the 4500 with Horus. 2009 is when it got selected for a scout sniper basic course, and then that with the Horus. 2011, they did the shooters with Horus, and then 13. And I still use a Horus. Yep, yeah, you have the Horus version. Yep. I, I have Horus on PDA still. I got to jump to a 5700 because my Horus battery pack thing, the, the, when they created it, it's on the bottom. We'll talk about nomenclature, but the you battery had, pack. You had the on, rotted one? Yeah, the, the, so the, you got to pop open the bottom. Sometimes it just wants to just not work on its own. This one, I think, there's a Kestrel sitting here. This one, I think yeah, I had a glue and fix. Yep, so there because there's a little plastic tab that yeah. you're supposed to shove in there. Yes. And if that little plastic tab is not in there and it's not in the right spot. It'll rot. It'll stop. Yeah. Yeah, it'll stop. It'll rot. It'll do all the things you don't want it to do. And then when you turn it back on, it'll go back to a default setting yep. of, like, let's say I, I built you gotta a You got to use lithium batteries. Yep. Lithium batteries in your Kestrel. If, you're not if you don't have lithium batteries in your Kestrel, pause this, go out and buy a lithium, come back, and then hit play. But you can we'll use wait. alkalines. We'll wait. We'll wait. But you can use alkalines. You can. There is a setting in here that we're going to show you. The new ones. Yeah, yeah have it. But that, the... Yeah, the 4500. Mm -hmm. Actually, my 4500 does have a lithium alkaline setting. Oh, does it? Yep. So you can flop it back and forth. So you guys that are going, oh my God, my battery's always at 9%. It's because you got alkaline batteries in it. You need to pop a lithium in. Yep. So there you go. We're going to go over that. And um, hey, man, how'd you like the ghost story from fucking Cheap Creek? I'll tell you this, dude. I'm not a big fan of ghosts. Mm-hmm. If I was standing on one side of the room and my deodorant went flying to the other side of the room, I'd have been like, okay, fuck this, I'm gone. It, and I would have left. They fell, I would have just left. Ghost fucking did it, man. So there's two kinds out there. There's a the sportsman and the elite. We're kind of going to just focus on the elite, but some of it's going to cross over into both. And this PowerPoint just basically telling us the difference between the two. Then the components of the Kestrel, they have the front, the back. So you got your impeller, your temperature sensor, your sunlight readable display, your options and exit, your capture and backlight, your select, 
and then your power and scroll and adjust. That's one of the things I'm actually using right now is that backlight because mm -hmm. it's so dark in here. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it, mood, man. He's I got, got mood, mood setting, you know, mood lighting going on right now, and I need my Kestrel well, to kind of keep him from creeping if on I my. If I turn this light on, it's and, super mood. Oh yeah, dude. What is that? That's got all the bulbs in it. Yeah, but no, it's just, but it's in because you got to do the whole. Oh, thing. it's got multiple colors, man. Yeah, look man. At this. Look at this shit. So then we can go there, or you can just do white. But well, this backlight's keeping him from encroaching in my personal space. Yeah, but... yeah. So then on the on the back side, you have your humidity sensor, your pressure sensor, you have your data print, uh, transfer port, and your lanyard, and then your battery door latch. And then it's saying uh, lithium recommended. One battery, lithium recommended. So as you're looking at the back of your Kestrel, make sure that all that stuff is clear of debris because those are your sensors that are picking up information. So when you're pointing at something and you're actually pulling a target reference or a direction of fire, it's using that basically like a camera or a snapshot and it's going, okay, degrees right. based off of my compass. So you want to make sure that that's kept clean. So get like a Q-tip. Don't stick any screwdrivers or anything sharp in there. Just a Q-tip or flush it out with some air and water or something like that. Just blow it out. And it even shows, the next slide shows that if your battery is reading the wrong value, it's because it's set to the wrong. It's default to lithium. It only should be used. Alkaline may leak and damage the system if the unit is stored in kit with the button depressed over a period of time. But if your battery's wrong, it's set to the wrong battery setting, and that explains that. So when we're on the actual data screen, go back one real quick. <clears throat> on the data screen as we're looking at it we got it fired up you turned it on and it went into your ballistics mode you have your elevation the a in, in the top right corner i believe that's your uh, yeah, that's your target zone a yeah, target zone a yep and then you have your wind and then you have your target wind and then you have a menu that we're going to go down and uh, we'll see how far we can get into it without uh, boring you guys to death and putting you to sleep so then menu changing and backlight okay if you hit that little gear which is your top left corner that's going to get you into the menu mode, and that'll tell you whether you're going to go into mode of ballistics, your Bluetooth, your data port, and your displays, and then you can go into that. Your auto shutdown, how long before it shuts off, your backlight color, your contrast. That's all set from using that top left little gear setting. Then compass calibration. So when you're in that screen that uh, Frank just put you in with that little gear, you hit that screen, the first thing that you see in the upper left-hand corner is mode. You scroll down into system and hit enter. This will give you your time and date, compass calibration, measurement units, and everything. So this is basically the language that your, um, your Kestrel is going to speak to you. Yeah. So it's going to give you your time of day. It's going to give and you, when you calibrate your, your compass. Your units that you use for the guys overseas that are, you want other units that are listening. Our Swedens, our Norways, our Australias, if you guys are using different systems that, that are listening to the everyday sniper here, then you would go into that system to change that stuff. The one thing I will say is you want your factory default settings for your references. Don't change your reference altitude and don't change your reference barometric pressure. Leave it how it comes out of the box. So compass calibration. When you're calibrating your compass, you're going to click on your compass calibration. It's going to tell you to hold it upright, rotate three times slowly, turn for 10 seconds. And that's under target. You're, so, going, to, you're going to go down to target, which is just below your main screen. Highlight target, hit select. You're going to go over to uh, direction of fire, which is down a little ways. It's DOF. Hit that. Then you go into under direction of fire. It has units, capture, compass cal. You're going to do your compass calibration. Hold the Kestrel upright, rotate three times slowly and it's really slow it, it is 
and this it's is painstakingly slow for the modern era. The one that <laughs> the one the the direction that Frank sent you was through the ballistic program. So you can do that through your target, but you can also go into that uh, that gear mode, scroll down to system, and you can find all that stuff as well. So that stuff is in there. You can find it two different ways. Now, when you calibrate your compass, step out of the building, go into the parking lot, <laughs> get away from something metal, stand in the middle of a field optimally, but make sure you're away from a bunch of metal stuff. Yeah. Got it. Good. So obtain target direction. Highlight the target. Hit capture. Target will change with the arrow. Keep it orientated on target until you're satisfied with the reading. Then hit capture again to lock in the azimuth. All shooting solutions will use this azimuth until you change it. Big scary word, azimuth. All my land nav friends mm -hmm. out there. And your compass heading. It's going to tell you basically what direction in the world you're pointing. In the Vectronics that I'm using, the Terrapin X, fills this in for you. So when you laser the target, the Vectronics lick out a compass will then give and feed it to the Kestrel. That's one thing I really did like about that. And yeah. I know um, there was some issues when you were like, it were coming off the tripod or something like that, and you zapped it and it hit like a zero degree. Oh, minus 65. It did it to me a second time that I actually had to scroll through to get rid of it. But it did give me a minus 65 twice now. Okay. So it's just there. So then obtaining a wind velocity in direction. Highlight the wind Hit capture button, point into the wind and read for 5 to 10 seconds and hit the caption button to lock data. You now have recorded the wind's angular difference from the direction of fire. The cosine will be applied against the wind reading for the 5 to 10 seconds. The second wind reading will now be the low and high wind seen during the 5 to second reading. All shooting solutions will use this until you change it. Okay, so what that means is you're in your ballistic mode on your main screen where you see target and wind. Click down to wind. It's going to underline or it may highlight one or the other. And then you're going to find, you can enter your wind yourself or you can click on the, the WD. Capture, right. And then once you click on the WD, which is wind direction, mm -hmm. it'll come in clock units, capture, compass calibration, all that stuff. So we can capture that wind. Once you click that, it's going to say start capture. Are you sure? Yes. Hit go. Captured. Boom. So now updating environments screen. Scroll to your environment and click the center button. Click yes, no quickly. Spin drift off in classroom on at the range. I keep it off. There's no need to enter the Kestrel weather mode for this. It'll grab it. So, And this may tell you later on the slideshow, but a lot of times what you need to do is when you first turn on your Kestrel, grab it by the end of the lanyard. So what I, got, what I want you guys to do is actually stop what you're doing right now. Go into your Kestrel box. Get your little uh, neoprene or whatever that is, that micro fiber pouch. And I want you to tie it to your lanyard. And then I want you to tie your lanyard to your Kestrel. So now when you're pointing into the wind, you have a wind sock. Mm -hmm. So that'll give you a true direction of the wind. So when you line all that stuff up together, go out in the wind, the wind starts blowing. Your wind sock is going to start aiming at you. Then you have a true direction. A lot of people will just guesstimate and not understand. I learned this from Adam. I use we'll the lanyard. Guesstimate. Yeah. Yep. So... Um, tie all that stuff together. That way you never lose your pouch. You can keep your Kestrel nice and clean inside the pouch, but you can also use it as you a You know what I sign. do on our range? I walk over to the wind flags that are behind me in the video, and I use that, and I follow it with that because those are directional as well. Yeah, yep, they spin. They spin, so I use that. So if you don't have the luxury of a golf wind flag? Golf flags. Yep. Everybody who asks me where I get those flags, Golf Direct. They're golf flags. 
So let's go over some definitions here. So building you, a gun, building a gun, MV. You're going to see all this stuff when you go into your gun. So let's find that real quick. MV is muzzle velocity. DM is drag model. BC is ballistic coefficient. BW is bullet weight. BD is bullet diameter. BL is bullet length. ZR is zero range. BH is bore height or center of the barrel to the center of the scope. ZH is zero height offset if you're going to do that for suppressor, ammo, etc. ZO is zero offset, and that's the same thing, suppressor ammo. RT is rate of twist or twist rate. RTD is direction, twist rate direction. So it's going to change from right hand to left hand. Yeah, I use left. So how to find those How to find those letters? So you're in your main ballistics. So you just went to target. We talked about wind. You go down one more and you're in gun. Now click on gun. And this is where you're going to set up a lot of stuff. So this is where you're going to set up your muzzle velocity. Your G1, G7, BC, and we talked about that in the mm -hmm. last episode. We've been talking about that a lot over the course of this entire thing for the last six months. So at least you have an idea of what you want to do. You're going through your bullet weight, your diameter. Now, a lot of this information can't be found on the box. A lot of this information can be found on Midway. You go in and type yeah. your bullet um, into... JBM2 as the bullet JBM, length library, yep. right. So if you type in the specific... You know you're using a 168, you need to find the bullet length. Bullet length 168308. Enter on Google. It'll come up with you know a billion pages or whatever. Midway usually has it, uh, and JBM has it. Yep. So, and then this is telling you your 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 drag models G1, G7, and custom curve. And then it comes preloaded, but you can buy more custom curves. Finding the bore height real quick. So we talked about center of the bore to the center of the optic. I recommend using calipers. Don't use a, a ruler or yardstick or something like that. Try to find something fine. And we talked about this maybe in like the first two, ep three episodes is measure from the center of the bore. So find that on the ejection port where the center of the bore would be. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a gas out on your, a that on little your action. Hole. Yep, the little hole that's on your action lines up almost directly center of the bore. Then measure to the top of your rail and then grab that number, write it down. Measure from the top of your rail to the center of your optic, or depending on what type of rings you're using, halfway up those rings may be the center of your optic. So yep. find a reference point and add those two numbers together. Now you have your bore height. And it's here, it's saying for additional notes on guns, in your settings, your bullet length, use auto calc if you don't know the length of the bullet. So if you don't have it, can't find it, whatever, you can use auto calc. On, uh, which, which you can find when you go to the BL mm -hmm. on your gun, click enter. And then auto calc, well, mine is off, but you can, because I entered my bullet length right. in there, but you can auto calculate it and it'll figure it out for you. I've never seen like it being off by uh, 0 0.2, 0 0.5, you know, almost, you know, whatever. I've never seen a real difference there no. when you go back in and Within actually an look at the ballistics. Within an eighth of an inch, you're usually pretty good. Right. right. So when you go back and actually look at the ballistics, don't stress too much about this. So... Then it's got a couple other things. So chewing muzzle velocity at the transonic threshold. This allows you to calibrate the muzzle velocity to actual drop of the round at a given distance. Supersonic and transonic range. The Kestrel automatically calibrates muzzle velocity according, accordingly and trues the BC as well. So basically what it's saying is if your predicted 15 mils of elevation and the round impacts 0.5 high, you would do your actual as 15.47 mil elevation and it's telling you you know what how to fix that so we haven't left that gun menu yet we're still on that gun menu so right above your 
uh, right above your BC and your DM, you're going to find muzzle velocity. Uh Highlight that, click on it, and that's where you're going to find your calibrate, calibrate muzzle velocity. It says Cal M. I'm going to take exception with this one slide. It says, why true muzzle velocity? And it says, inaccurate BCs on boxes, internet. That's bullshit. It's just that they're short range. They're 300 yards. We don't know. BCs are muzzle dependent, muzzle velocity dependent. They're your gun dependent, your twist rate dependent. They are not lying to you. They're just not giving you an exact number for your system. And honestly, they're right. They're giving you an average. Same thing with what Brian's doing. That's an average for what he's shooting under his conditions for his rifles. Does that mean it's going to be exactly the same for yours? Maybe, maybe not. But it it, it just means... Are you shooting factory or are you loading? It's not necessarily inaccurate BC on the box or because of the internet. It's inaccurate because it's a short-range average that's based on their system. Yes, it is inaccurate, but it's not meant to mislead. And then it says ever-changing muzzle velocities. That's that's the thing. We don't want to guess or predict our about We don't want to guess or predict uh, our trajectory algorithm if we don't have to. Which is why I recommend true your BC around 800 yards get a number for your rifle and then that way there when you put it in it'll be that much closer for you versus using a number somebody gave you for them that's where the inaccuracy comes from so chewing your gun be sure you have a good 100 meter zero they're saying you can do 100 yards click on target and enter your direction of fire update your atmospherics ensure your wind is set to 12 o'clock zero miles per hour Back out and go into gun, highlight muzzle velocity, click on it, highlight calcul- or calibrate muzzle velocity, and click on it. So that's important. Go back one. So ensure wind is set to 12 o'clock. This won't let you do anything. Set it to 12 o'clock, set it to zero. Once you do those two things, now you can actually get a true muzzle velocity and you can calibrate it properly. Right, you're not getting the the, the This the is flourishes. a big step that everybody skips, and that's why I wanted to go back to it. Go into your wind. 12 o'clock, zero everything out. Right. Because you don't want information on aerodynamic bullet jump or anything like that. I turn all that crap off from the start. I've mentioned that before, and this is one of those other areas I turn it off. So make sure you're at 12 o'clock, zero, and then go into your muzzle velocity and attempt to calibrate. Right. So now it's showing you calibrate muzzle velocity. It says 743 meters, range 700 meters, drop 7 mils, muzzle velocity 2550. So the top line will show cal- calcu- calculate muzzle velocity distance or calibrate muzzle velocity distance. This is the distance the round reaches transonic based on the current weapon. Stay within 80% without exceeding this number. So 80% of that range that it's giving you because a lot of them are going to be beyond what you guys actually have access to. A lot of what a guns, guns were shooting now, this is meant for 308s. So they're saying around 700 meters. Okay, well... For you guys, you might have a 6.5 that's not going transonic until 12, 1400 yards. So then scroll down to range and click on it and enter your range. This shows 700 meters. Stay within that 80%. So if you could do 1,000 yards, that's good. 800 yards is good. Drop will show below in your elevation to your current. Fire two, three rounds to determine your actual elevation. Remember, we need a group standard. We just can't fire one round and think that's the center of our group. We need to make a group. And, um, and then determine your proper elevation settings. If you're not hitting point of aim, point of accurate. Um, if you are hitting point of aim, point of accurate aim, no. Point of 
aim. If point you are yep. hitting, wait a minute. So, oh, they're just not doing point of impact, point of aim. Then you are trued. If you are not, determine the elevation you need to hit point of aim. So where you're getting this initial information is from your Kestrel. All the information that you already dumped into it, now we're just making sure that it's correct. Right. We're, we're, we're modifying it based on actual shots on target. So that means you have based to go... Based on actual shots on target. That means you're going to need a pen and a piece of paper so that you can go from one screen to another and go into your range card and go, okay... Range card says 800 yards. Mm -hmm. Now it says point or, you know, four point, whatever. And six. Then, yeah, call it six mils. Call it six. And then you dial that up, and then if it's 6.2, you go in. Input 6.2. Into your calibrated muzzle velocity. Enter that new elevation in the drop location, and when you back out of the cal muzzle velocity page, it will ask you to accept your new settings. Yes. If you do nothing in this step, you have not changed anything, you are not true. Confirm the elevation on a target. Two out of three truing distance, uh, two-thirds of your truing distance. If you held or dialed wind, you need to dial that into the Kestrel prior to truing. If you if you dialed or held wind, you need to dial that into the Kestrel prior to truing. It is critical that your zero elevation is precise and correctly set under gun zero range settings. You can determine the mean point of impact to your downrange shot to within an accuracy of 0.1 mil. If your scope turret has not been verified to deliver correct adjustments, you cannot dial in elevation corrections for truing. Use the gridded reticle for the accurate hold. So you got to true your stuff, man. You got to check your scope, and then you got to make sure it's all good. So now, subsonically, is the drop scale factor. Okay, use this refined to refine the ballistic solution in the subsonic flight using a similar process by firing around at long range and noting the true drop. Okay, now the thing is with this, under this example, they're showing their calibrate drop scale factor at 1,929 meters. Dude, that's 29 mils. Yeah, so they're showing drop of 29 mils. Where do you have access to that? That's a tough place to find unless you're going to one of these places that's like, like us. Yeah, we have it, like, but that's that's cool if we have the we have the land, but do you? So now you have to figure in something else. You have to you have to find a made find a way to make it work. Like a lot of us don't even have you know 1100 yards that we can shoot at, but can you shoot at six? Can you shoot at eight? Can you shoot at ten? Um, you have to find something that's going to work for you, and it and it tells you range. Go down to that next piece. Determine the range, drop it down, and then find your drop, enter it in, and then back out, and it'll ask you to save. Because you got to be 0.9 Mach. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what they're asking you to do. You need that range. So now, range card, right? So you go into your range card, enter a range card when highlighted, and you use the left right arrows to scroll through and change the last column of the range cards of the available data. Range, elevation, win one, win two, lead, uh, remaining velocity, remaining energy, time of flight, and spin drift. All right, before we go any further, let's get all get back on the same page. So we're going to hit the gear button, and we're going to be hit the gear button until you see EW, so your elevation and wind in the top portion of the screen. Once you're in the top portion of the screen, start scrolling down, and you'll find range card. Click on range card. Once you get to range card, there's a couple things you can do in this menu. You can go left to right. You can go up and down to decrease range or increase range. And you can also hit the enter button in the center of your directional pad. When you hit the enter button, it'll ask you what type of increments you want to shoot in. It's going to give you 10, 20, 25, 50, 100. Then to back out of that, 
it shows you at the bottom of the screen and the bottom left it says exit hit that gear button again and you're back on your uh you're back on your range card got it so aerodynamic jump turn off spin drift set range at 100 meters adjust wind speed three or nine o'clock adjust wind speed until you get a 0.1 mil elevation change the wind speed will result in a 0.1 elevation value equals crosswind, your crosswind jump variable. For example, if it's 8 miles an hour, then for every 8 mile an hour, you will get a 0.1 mil jump. And this is the thing that I kind of look at with zeroing too, is because we've already zeroed it out. Aerodynamic jump happens at the muzzle. It does not happen downrange the way the kind of thing is, but it does happen at the muzzle. And we zero a lot of it out because we have wind when we zero. So then you have to look at how much more above that. So it really, if you zeroed in six and it's going to change every eight, then you kind of have to go to like 10 until you start to see it on top of the six. So that would be like 16. So exercise Because we zeroed time. it out. Exercise, exercise, exercise. So we're going to get to our ballistic page. Once we're on our ballistic page, I want you to go down to wind. We're going to adjust that wind direction because at first we were at 12 o'clock, zero, zero. Mm -hmm. So now I want you to go to your wind direction and adjust it to three o'clock. Wind speed one is going to be five miles an hour. Wind speed two is going to be 10 miles per hour. Once you get that punched in, I want you to hit the exit button and then you're going to find your elevation. Right now I have mine programmed to a 308. So it says, uh, let's see, 605 yards. My elevation is at 4.02. So now I'm going to go back into my wind, and this is where things get tricky. So you go to your wind direction and change it from 3 to 9 o'clock. So what did I just say, 4.02? Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to back out of it with a 9 o'clock wind, 5 miles per hour, 10 miles per hour. Aerodynamic bullet jump is added to 4.16. So now it just jumped. Yeah, I turn it off. So if you, if you don't have it turned off, that's what's going to happen. Because if we trued our stuff up, we already included all that in there. Right. So now it's kind of, to me, it, it, it kind of screws up our, our solution because we're truing it from an actual drop. Our actual drop includes everything in there. So it's, uh, to me, it's like we turned it all off. We trued our drop. Now we're turning it all on and we're adding on top of something we already added in. So we're adding it twice in my opinion, but I don't know. I keep it off. So here's how you turn it off on your Kestrel. If you want to keep it around and you don't want to hit the switch and completely turn it off, go to your wind speed one, dial it down to zero, leave your wind speed two at 10, and you're back to 4.0. Yeah. So you got to look at it. I, I, you got to play with it. I, per, like I mean, the point one isn't really going to mess with you that much. And especially the targets we shoot, they're you're usually a little bit better. Remember, this is kind of devised. Part of this is for minute of man in a lot of ways. Um, but number one, I'm left hand. So this uh, left add right subtracts is backwards for me because my Avatika left hand is what's up right now. So I'm left hand twist. I'm backwards or whatever. And I did play with this. So if you're keeping aerodynamic bullet jump in and you have a left or right hand twist and you enter that in, it will flip it in your kestrel to read the right, right way jump. so yes. it'll still go the same yep. okay so final points um turn on do an environmental update turn on and off to prevent heat and cold loading the device swing it at the end of the lane you're to get a true air temp select the gun turn off the guns not in use find a target at transonic plus or minus 10 percent 
For high BCs, G1.65 can push transonic 20 to 30, 40%. Um, input range within one meter, double check range, bracket with a laser range finder. Shoot your data. You need to see the exact bullet impact to determine your mean for your group, your mean point of impact for your group. You got, you got to have a group. Um, remember the effects of aerodynamic drums on truing. Um, it's critical you determine the actual bullet strike within 0.1 mil. Calibrate your muzz velocity to true the algorithm. Change the predictive polynomial curve to your actual curve. Uh, change your ammo. Change your lots. You must retrue. Um, not always, but it depends on how far you're shooting and, and how accurate your stuff is. I don't see it move that much. Um, this data is only for the weapon and ammo being trued. So they're telling you for every time you switch lots of ammo and do this, you got to go through the process again. Then calibrate your uh, DSF for ranges beyond subsonic. Change uh, direction of fire when shooting over 600 meters. Don't forget to capture your, excuse me, wind direction and speed. Uh, Coriolis, spin drift, and arrow jump. I turn all that shit off. Uh, once true, uh, <laughs> simply range. I do. So, I know. I know you do. It's just right, I hit just I, as I, well I, as everybody else. I just else. love the matter of fact. I turn that shit off. Fuck that. I do. I turn it off. I mean, and my shit's fine. Um, once true, simplify range of target within one meter and shoot the data. Ensure you can uh, conduct environmental updates as environments change. For extreme range shots, ensure you update your shot as well input and all that stuff. Latitude, wind speed, and wind direction. So then they have some connectivity, battery, Kestrel link, utilizing the link, and it's yeah. showing the screen. Yeah, we can't yeah, we show you because it's app. <clears throat> so don't worry about that stuff. So let's let's look at our Kestrel. So just a couple of navigation things that I want to go over with you guys, trying to find certain things in certain areas. So we're on our, we're on our ballistic side. So we're at the elevation windage target wind. That's on our main screen. So I want to hit the menu button or that gear button that's on the top left corner. And then it's in mode. It says ballistics. I want you to hit the right arrow, and you're going to put you in weather. Uh, enter, uh, hit the enter button. You'll go into the weather. So now you can flip through all this stuff. It's going to give you headwind and all this fun stuff. Hit down, and you'll get temperature, chill, humidity, blah 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 blah. I want you to keep on moving. It's already it's gathering all this information. So if you want to write it down, cool. It's all it's all captured in here. Your altitude right now. We're our altitude is 5376. So in the hide, 5376. Mm-hmm. So density altitude is eight. The air seas right there. Yeah, and then I'm gonna uh, scroll down until I can find wind speed. Now this is kind of like the uh, like there's digital and analog, mm -hmm. right? So this is the analog way to find your wind speed. Flip open your little wind flapper. You can blow on it, and now I have 19 miles per hour in wind, and I can watch this for five to ten seconds like it asked us to. And then I can find my high and low if I want, and then I can, you know, try to try to do it in that old-fashioned way of going, okay, instead of letting the computer grab it, I'm going to attempt to grab it. Mm -hmm. So this is going to give me an idea. So this is another way, like we've, we've talked about walking around your neighborhood with your Kestrel and trying to decipher what the wind is. I think the wind is this, and then, then I look at my Kestrel. This is where you're going to find that exercise. He's going to choke himself on the <laughs> microphone there. Get out of the way, Fuzz. Fuzz is in the cables. You're in the cables, little guy. Oh, oh you're going to do uh, it again. There you go. All right, he was on the one-man wrecking crew. He is. He's bullying the china shop. So okay, this is where you're going to find that just straight-up wind speed. You can back that out and go back to your ballistics. Hit enter. 
go down to wind, wind direction, WD, first option up there. If you go any further, it'll go into TD. Don't worry about that. Go into WD. Click enter, and then it's going to capture. When you hit that capture, that's where it'll actually electronically grab your high and low when you tell it to stop. Wait five to ten seconds, depending on what kind of gusts you're getting. Mm -hmm. And just kind of use your brain when it comes to that. Um, you may be on the low end of wind for five seconds. I mean, like if you want to, hold it for a minute. It'll calibrate. I, I it'll do, do all minutes. that stuff. I look at it yeah. for two minutes if I have time and opportunity. <clears throat> it'll do all that stuff, and then it'll grab your the lowest end that it found and then the highest end that it found. And then it'll determine your wind speed one, your wind speed two, and it'll automatically update all that stuff. And if you capture it and your compass, if you've calibrated your compass, it'll give you your direction of where you're firing from, it from and where it's actually grabbing from the uh, from the wind. So uh, they have the acronym CRUSH, Capture Range uh, something. It's uh, Kestrel has a good video called CRUSH. Oh yeah, you she said uses like the that. CRUSH method. And it's an acronym. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I know I posted it on Sniper's Hide. But it's it's like capture range, something, shoot and hold or whatever. But it's CRUSH is their acronym. Let me look it up really quick. Um, it's so, a CRUSH method. So you well, talk while I... Yeah, well, Frank's it. looking that up. Go back into your ballistic side. Now, at the top, you'll see target. If you move, or it's tar target is highlighted. So now that target is highlighted, TGT, left and right arrows will get you those fine movements. So if you have a target that's at, I'm going to stop right now, 505 yards, it's giving me elevation for 3.02. I would hold, or I would dial for three and pull the trigger. Now let's try to find something that. Here it is. Here's the so th at 518 yards, just moving it back and forth. It's telling me 3.15. Depending on how fast or slow my gun is, I should know my gun at this point. I may round up to 3.2. So that's your capture direction of fire. Range, distance to target. So capture your direction of fire, your range, your distance to target. I don't know what U is. Update. Update. And spin, spin. So it's it's capture your direction of fire, get your range, update your uh, wind, wind, and then uh, spin it for your environmentals. hit oh, i knew it was gonna be hit i felt like it yeah so you guys can find that was that on youtube yeah she's got it um that's katie from um kestrel there she's got a bunch and there's actually a crush challenge where you can do a contest and get a t-shirt or something oh, no shit. so they have a challenge a crush challenge but it's yeah capture the um dude let's go do that crush challenge okay we yeah. can do that yeah so well, let's do it on when we go to the range yeah on the first okay we can do that boom we'll capture it but yeah, so it, it I here's what I did with, with when I shot the match, and I, I used the Kestrel for it with the Tika. I trued the BC to 800 yards off of my rifle, and because of that left-hand gain twist and the velocity that I'm pushing it at, my BC actually went up, so I used a higher BC. Then when I calibrated my muzzle velocity, 
it was only a 25 foot change to line it up. Then I did my environmentals. I did all that stuff. I turned off that first wind and, and a lot of the wind I do myself and I, I true it, but I turn off the first wind zone that we talked about, the, the, the wind one. So we get rid of that spin drift and all that stuff that I don't use. And then I just use the secondary wind and it's been really good to use that second wind speed um, doing it that way. So I'm truing my BC, then I'm calibrating the muzzle velocity with my updated data. Then I'm turning off wind zone one or wind one. Um, so I, I turn off aerodynamic jump and uh, spin drift. And then I just use the wind zone two as my normal wind call. And that's what I did at the match and it just worked out fantastic. All right, so for those of us who just absolutely refuse to use lithium, I found our alkaline switchover. Oh, did you? Yep. So you're going to go, you're in your ballistic mode right now, elevation wind we can see on the screen. I want you to hit the little gear, and then you're going to scroll down to system. Once you get to system, time, date, compass, measurements, units, scroll down, battery, lithium, alkaline, we're right up in there. So if yeah, you absolutely yeah. refuse to use that... Uh, use the lithiums that come with it, um, then you're going to get the alkaline and swap it over. That way, your battery life is showing accurate instead of, you know, you got 9%. Jump numbers, yeah, right? It, it always bounces 45%, around. 45%, 9%. So just uh, just swap that over. Got it. Cool. No, but I, I, like I said, the, the, true in the BC is helping and makes it a lot better. And then that 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 calculating at, at subsonic range is tough for a lot of guys. So you may not be able to go into that method for it's you. It's not going to hurt you. Just go in and if you feel that you can adjust a number like a BC or a muzzle velocity by, you know, 0.2 or you can adjust a muzzle velocity by 10 feet or something like that. If you need to lie to it a little bit, um, lie to it a little bit. I'll tell you what, I, I, I have a, let me see what I used. Um, so... Well, I used Prime, and I ended up changing the BC to uh, for G7 uh, to 0.30. So Prime, I used 0.30 instead of the 289. So I upped it to 0.3 even. Okay. And that's what did it for that. Um, with like the 130 CNRs for my G1, I was using like 588, and I think it's like 536 is what's on the box. But it went up to like 588 because I'm pushing it pretty fast. And so I, I'm adjusting my BC. And now if your rifle shoots slower, your BC would go down. Because it it's a lot more muzzle velocity dependent than they give it credit for. And if you see that, I'll, I end up not having to play with my muzzle velocity so much. And it does work out a little bit better. I do find when I travel and move around, I still have to tweak it a little bit for my new location. But not as much as I used to. So that's kind of where I come from by doing the BC more so than the muzzle velocity seems to be helping. So if you're listening to this episode and you're at the range, I want you to stop shooting. Either open your bolt, put your weapon on safe. I want you to look over to the right at your Kestrel. And if it's sitting in the sun, I want you to move it over into the shade. Yeah. <laughs> put it back in its pouch or something. Yeah. Don't let it sit out in the sun. It may give you a false reading. Well, that's why you spin it. Yep, that's why you spin it to kind of clear the air around it and uh, and get actual air temperature instead of it just sitting stagnant because it may be sitting, you know, in a box or something like that. It's going to be a different air temperature but in it, there. The, the key takeaway from the slides are 
you got to turn off all those flourishes they put in, the spin drift and the aerodynamic jump and set your wind to 12 o'clock and zero when you're truing everything up. And and that's how it's got to match all that stuff up. And, and so, I, I like I said, I tend to keep it off and then just use wind zone two and let it deal with it that way. But, I mean, your results may vary if, if you think you got to have it. Some guys like spin drift on because it helps uh, – offset their bad trigger control so then they have that sort of right hand kank in there spin drift brings them back to the left and makes them look good you just can't let it go no because it's the, it's all over I know. it's in everything what's the number that you're using for spin drift what number which zero which number? <laughs> i use zero. Zero. yeah well, so um what number do you we, use I, I don't know man let me google it real quick <laughs> so what were but you set wind zone one to zero too don't you uh, yeah, yeah, I do, unless I'm capturing something. But again, I go back to, okay, well, what's this and what's this? And then I can sw- uh, switch around the actual direction. So we, you have the wind rows on the uh, mm-hmm. on the sniper side, and a lot of guys are using that right now. I've had a lot of uh, people call me up and saying, hey, dude, that thing is the shit, and it's working out great. Yeah, yeah. And um, you can switch it around on here. Don't be afraid to mess with that wind direction. Don't always keep it at 90 degrees. No, it's not like always they coming said, cosine 90. matters. Cosine, yeah. The cosine of the angle of the wind matters. So that's what they say in this PowerPoint quite a bit, that cosines matter. They've mentioned that at least three times in the slides. Yep. So, so your direction and angle from zero really makes a difference change yeah change that direction if you can feel it coming you know what i when i uh got my tattoo uh-huh. i had to they like shave my arm in that spot mm-hmm. and i have really hairy arms yeah yeah so i was like man i can't stand this one spot just being shaved and nothing else and then you don't feel the wind or you feel it well different. now so we'll see how many people do this so i shaved my arms both of them mm-hmm. to make them match so they grew back at the same time you know and they look even do okay they look, they look pretty even right no that one looks less no that's not true it is too true your that's right not... hand looks less than your left Maybe it's because i'm right handed i rub it on stuff oh whatever uh-huh well anyways look at look here right there see that, that looks, looks a even. little bit okay so <laughs> after i did that went out to the range i could really feel which direction the wind <laughs> was coming from dude i couldn't miss a shot <laughs> So that was my windsock right there, dude. I just put my arm up in the air like this, and I was like, it's coming from there. So that's your hairy arm technique. Yep. So you can shave your arms and just throw that bad boy up in the air and see what happens, and you'll feel a difference. No, man. I hope it helps. Um, Like I said, there's a little nuances to doing this and to truing this, and it's not just so straightforward. You got to kind of zero out the system, put in your actual drop data, and then turn all that stuff back on um, at however you feel. But... Those guys that are using the 5700s uh, with the link that don't have the full system applied ballistics. We had this question uh, a, a while back, and I had to really dig into some stuff. And, like, if you go onto the Kestrel website, it's very vague. It says, yeah, it's it's a ballistic program. The one that you're paying $400 for is a ballistic program, but it's not applied ballistics. And then when you fire it up, it says applied ballistics. So think about it like this. It is a ballistic program. It is applied ballistics. It's just like when you buy an app on your phone and it's free, you get the watered down version or the commercial version. And then when you buy the actual app for, you know, a dollar or two dollars or whatever, 15 bucks, you get the full access. The 5700 applied ballistics, the one that says applied ballistics on the screen that has link is the full access Kestrel. The one that says ballistics is apply ballistics. It's just a watered down version that you cannot create any custom drags in. Yeah, that's the sports version. Yep, and you can update it. 
write down all your data that's in your actual Kestrel before you update it because you may lose that data. That's the I assume There's the, I'm going to lose the that The check data. part. There's the sportsman versus the elite. So it shows you what it doesn't have. And what it's missing is zero offset, drop scale, applied ballistic custom drags. And then it's got a lot less gun profiles and targets and all that stuff. One versus five. And then it's ballistic data table is basic versus expanded. And then no range card in the sportsman. So in gun profiles, gun profiles on the, on the advanced version, you get 16. On the sportsman version, you get three. So if you're just coming into this and you just have one gun, it's okay to get the, the watered down version. It's going to get you close enough to where you need to go. And we always get the question, well, what's the best program to use if you don't have a Kestrel? Dude, I have like three or four programs on my phone. I find the one that lines up with my gun, and that's the one I use. Yeah, that's the I best have all one. Of them. So I have every software on the planet. It doesn't really. I like some better than the others. I will say that Trace All's backs got a developer, and I will straight up tell you, I can put in true data with Trace All, and it'll spit me out the right answer or really, really close. Usually, if it's off anything, it's because you didn't calibrate your scope or you, you know, something's off. Like change the BC a little bit. But even up in Alaska with those guys, I would just tell them, listen, man, I, I hate to do this. And we're going to talk about Hornaday and do all that stuff yeah, down the road. Yeah, we're going to do an episode like, the, uh, just like a, this like this with off. So everybody who's running Ford well, off that doesn't want to get a Kestrel, we're going to give you the down and dirty and the ins and outs of that system. It may, and it may not be a PowerPoint version. However, Frank and I are really familiar with, with that system and what the stuff is I just out. feel bad as like that guy got it all set up in the class and then Sunday it crashed on him. Uh-huh. And so all of them do it. All of them crash. All of them screw up. It, it's, you know, it's Apple, Android. It's not plus, perfect. It's not right. Frank. So I feel, yeah, that too. <laughs> so I feel bad of, of like telling you, go out and spend $10 and get this and then it not work on your stuff. But Traceal is the easiest one that'll get dog? you up and running quicker if you ask dog? me. And and I just dog? think it works. And when I did it in Alaska for those guys, who I'll tell you straight up, man, 99% of them don't want to know nothing about software. And I mentioned this before because they're in Alaska where it's too cold. Batteries don't work. None of this stuff. They're hiking through crap and they don't care about software. And the ones that did and we did trace all with them, it was easy. It worked. So, yeah. But Ford Off works. They all have, they, you know, if you put in the effort, you'll get back out what you put into it. Yeah, you're cool. going to get extremely close. And that's really what it comes down to is, you know, is that is that target 502 yards away or is it 505 yards away? Yeah, garbage you know. in is garbage out, man. Yeah, dude. Cool, man. We're going to wrap it. We're, we're good. Yeah. Um, again, if you guys have any other questions on this stuff, uh, hit me up, Mike at MileHighShooting.com. Go on to Sniperside. Uh, ask those questions. There's a lot of information about this on Sniperside as well. We have a whole ballistic section. The AB guys are there. There's a lot. There's of cool a, other guys. You can get stuff. Jim yep. Boatwright. We'll talk to you about aerodynamic jump. He's found some air, some problems with aerodynamic jump. There's white papers in there. There's all this data, and and it's boiling it down. And it's funny. We just came up with the thing for like spin drift and figuring it out. It's like two percent of drop. So you could figure out at past a thousand. It's like two percent. Hmm. So he did the math on it, and it actually comes out pretty decent. But 
whatever. But thank I, you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sharing. Uh, hit us up on the Everyday Sniper if you guys have comments about this. Please drop it in there. If you guys have questions about this, please go in there and ask those questions. You can find us on Sniper Side. You can find us on Facebook. You can find me at Mile High Shooting. Bang. Peace.